Hi, welcome to the Not Your Average Life Coach podcast. My name is Kay Wilson and I'm a self-empowerment coach and intuitive energy healer. And I am obsessed with helping you step into the most powerful version of yourself. If you are ready to overcome your self-doubt, transform your relationship with love, money and self-worth and start creating the future you that you have always dreamed of becoming, you're in the right place. My desire with this podcast is to help you transform the relationship you have with yourself by sharing with you tools and perspectives that will help you actualize the life you have dreamed of creating. Treat this podcast as your own personal treasure trove of rich ideas, practices and teachings that will transform your day-to-day experience. So this week I have the absolute pleasure of being joined by Anton, the Barefoot Dutchman. And um, Anton is, well, we actually met because you came to me as a client way back when. And um, yeah, and it was, I mean, we actually talked a lot about relationships um, to start with. And I thought it would be really amazing to have you on the podcast because we've had a few podcasts dealing with relationships and with intimacy. And I was actually asked by some of the listeners to get a male perspective on intimacy. So I thought this would be a really awesome opportunity to do that, given that you've just come back from a trip. Do you want to tell us a bit about where you've just come back from, Anton? Yeah. I don't know what you've done. Um, I recently finished a journey walking barefoot from Cairns to Menly. Um, so Guinness World Record walk, longest distance ever walked barefoot to raise awareness for uh, men's mental health and funds. Yeah, wow. Amazing. Really yeah. fantastic. And so how long, just to give our listeners an idea of what that distance is, yeah. what are we talking about here? Uh, 3,019 kilometers. Oh my God. That yeah. is a long way. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like yeah, when I think, wow. when I look back at it now, it's like, uh, that's kind of nuts when I was doing it it made absolute sense but now looking back on it, it's like wow that is that is a long distance yeah um, especially when you compare it to Europe like when you put it on a map of Europe it doesn't even you know stay in Europe it goes into like a far end of Turkey or into like Russia so yeah. it's uh, to kind of put it into perspective like it's it's a long distance that is really long wow good on you that's amazing thank you yeah wow I actually didn't realize how much how long it was yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and so can I ask you a few questions about your journey yeah, so, I'd love to yeah. learn more. so yeah. um with the journey like in terms of well first of all what drove you to do it what was your inspiration um there's a lot of things that came to to that moment um it's a bit of a story but a few years ago, I did something similar. I did base camp Mount Everest barefoot. Uh-huh, um, okay. Becoming the first person ever to do that. And that came forward out um, like how we met, like when I was struggling with my own mental health for a long time. Uh, I spent 10 years in the army before I came to Australia. I did mm-hmm. three tours, seen a lot of my mates struggle with their mental health. Uh, and then when I came to Australia, it was my time to struggle with my mental health for several reasons. And when I came out of that, like it took me about two years of, well, as you know, like very hard work of, of coming out of it. And when I came out of that, I wanted to treat myself uh, by you know, traveling again. Like traveling was always my one to go to thing. And I always wanted to see Nepal, see the Himalaya, see the highest mountain in the world. So I kind of thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to go there and that will be you know, my reward for the work I, I've done. 
And because I traveled a lot before, like before I came to Australia, I always had this realization of how lucky and blessed I am to be born and raised in a safe country like the Netherlands and now to be living in uh, like a beautiful country like Australia. So I always had this urge of doing something back for people less fortunate than I am. So I wanted to use the momentum of going to Nepal to raise funds and awareness for the people living in the remote communities of Nepal because they had that massive earthquake um, just a few years before they're still recovering from that and I wanted to physically and mentally challenge myself again one thing I really learned in the army is you know we all put these self-limiting beliefs on ourselves and our capabilities and you know in movies it always seems like they're just shouting at you for no reason but they're actually like pushing your boundaries to show there are no boundaries to your capabilities like once you cross these limits that you put on yourself you find this insane power that's in each and every one it's like wow if, if i can do that what can i do next and what can i do next mm -hmm. to just find out you know your mind and body are capable of doing so much more and i wanted to feel that power again after a mental health chapter so i figured i'm going to do base camp on Everest because that's physically and mentally challenging so i had everything combined and then one last single factor is like okay if i want to raise awareness and funds for something i need to come up with a special story that people like to follow and that motivates people to to donate and i was walking barefoot quite a lot here on the northern beaches of of, uh, of sydney and just because of the health benefits of it as well just made me feel good and one day i was just walking back from shelly beach back to queenslift and all of a sudden i thought like hey, i'm pretty sure no one's ever done base camp on average barefoot because why would you that is very uncomfortable and when I said uncomfortable, that's when my little light bulb went off. Like, that's what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to become the first person ever to do it barefoot. I get to step out of my comfort zone even more, show myself and others in that way even more as well. You can do whatever you set your mind on and use that momentum to raise um, funds and awareness. And when I did that trip, um, I touched the rock, like on top of base camp on average, you have this big rock kind of stating out how high you're at. And it was like a little movie moment, like all the emotions from the previous years, they all just came out all at the same time, laughing and crying at the same time. And that's when I realized, hey, I got something here, um, you know, that I can use. It's as simple as using my two bare feet that can make a difference for a whole community in, in this case. Um, so that's where the Barefoot Dutchman was pretty much born. It's like I, all of a sudden I had this purpose and I felt like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. as weird as it may sound and coming back to Australia afterwards I really started to build on my life like go a different direction um, and because of things you taught me as well like I started to dive more into it but then one other aspect was the, the mental health and immense mental health uh, in particular like I was working in construction another masculine environment together with my previous 10 years in the army and just seeing you know, so many of my mates struggle with speaking up, like joking about it was really easy, but actually speaking up about whatever is going on in their lives is, is still like this big taboo around it. And I wanted to change that. I wanted to create a platform where I could share whatever I learned. So other men could pick bits and pieces from it, whatever worked for them. Because one other thing I learned in the army is lead by example. If you want your men to follow, you have to set the right example yourself first. So I wanted to create that safe space. You know, if you share your own story, if you share tips and tools, if you talk about it, that creates a safe space for someone else to say like, well, if, if he can do it, then I can do it. And especially when it comes to men, we're pretty simple when it comes to that. If we see 
a mate or someone else at the job site do something like, well, if he can do it, then I can do it. And that's what I wanted to create. So I figured, okay, I'm going to walk through the most densely populated area of Australia, like the East Coast, Kansas, Sydney. Uh, that way I go through every single little town, city and, and community. I get to speak to as many people as possible. And that way, you know, create uh, a platform where I can share these stories. Um, and that's pretty much what happened. And of course, because the Barefoot Dutchman was born on a mountain, I needed to use my two bare feet. So I was going to do the whole walk barefoot and that turned into a Guinness World Record walk, which again generated that much more attention to it. And wow, it, it, it got there. Like uh, the story definitely got out there. Like it's, it's amazing what the outcome of it was. I never in my wildest dreams, I, I you know, expected all of this to happen, yeah. um, but it did. It, it reached men, it reached people like mental health in general is just a big problem that we have, especially these days around COVID. Uh, that needs to be addressed and this was one way of doing it yeah amazing really amazing what a fantastic story Anton I mean like hats off to you what a, what an accomplishment as well and you know it is really in, like there's so many god there's so many questions now <laughs> but listening to the fact that you, how many tours did you say you did in the army uh, three tours of where Afghanistan it was Afghanistan yeah and um and so can I ask, like, what were your observations, particularly around men and their ability to articulate themselves emotionally in that sort of environment? Didn't happen. Um, you know, you get to see things that most people will never have to see in their lives. You get to endure stress levels that most people never have to endure in their lives. But still coming back, there is this massive taboo, like you're in this masculine environment and you're not going to be the guy that raises their hand to say, you know what, that actually bothers me that what I've seen is I'm struggling with it. Mm. Um, I reckon 95% of men just keep it to themselves. Yeah. And that leads to, in, in any other, like not just Afghanistan or tours, but any situation that just leads to these very high numbers of anxiety and depression and mm. worst case suicide, because we have this very outdated belief system still of what masculinity means. Don't cry men up, especially in the army. That's, one thing, you know, you kind of have to shut off your emotions. That's what they teach you for certain work situations in Afghanistan. And, you know, to find that balance in, okay, but when can I show my emotions? That's completely gone with a lot of men because we have that outdated belief system. And that's what needs to change. Um, men just need to know it's completely fine to have emotions and show emotions. We're born with it like anyone else. Mm. And it's like has nothing to do with your masculinity. You can still drink a beer, play footy, work on your car, but also have meaningful conversations with your mate. And if you struggle with something, speak up about it. But we need to break that stigma around it that we always have to be that solid rock and are not allowed to show an emotion. That's just, it's, it's very outdated. You know, and back in the days, maybe we needed it to survive, but we don't like that. That's completely yeah. gone. I was going to say, because, you know, when you're in the army, I feel like if you're encouraged to speak about how you feel or to really, you know, put attention on your feelings, your emotions, your ability to perform as a weapon would be really compromised, I would assume, yeah. because... Yeah it would, you know, it would lead to you not wanting to do things that inevitably you'll have to do. Yeah. And, and so I wonder if it, do you feel that it would be, just in your opinion, 
do you feel that it would be possible for the army to be able to balance those two aspects of the personality and still get the results that they need to to be the entity that they are yes it's possible um it is happening i think on a very small scale um i mean the like the means are there like when you come back you, you have these conversations but it needs to come from us so yes when you're on a mission you need to be able to shut off your emotions for certain situations but then afterwards there our possibilities to talk it just needs to come from us we need to talk to each other because even though the possibilities are there you still don't feel like you can because you're a man um so there's definitely there's definitely balance but we just need to show each other we need to be there for each other not just you know have that one person the professional there mm. because that professional person cannot see from anyone like oh he needs to have a chat it yeah. needs to come from the person itself so that's where we need to um, dig in a bit more and we need to show and teach each other how to talk mm. and how to be in touch with your emotions yeah yeah um, and yeah especially coming back from those situations like we just need to know from each other that we're there for each other that you have that mate uh, that you can talk to and that it that it's okay so i firmly believe that balance can be created we just need to break those barriers off it's it's you know it's weak like that's what we think well, it's weak. It. Yeah, yeah i think it becomes um there's so much shame around it yeah and i think that's actually where the limitations come from it's it's yeah you're right it's the, the um, i guess it's the the kind of dynamic of the group itself the pack yeah like yeah. because it is fundamentally survival of the fittest right so to let Pretty your guard down yeah it is, you become the the one that gets picked off right the yeah. weakest yeah. yeah you want to be like the biggest the strongest the, the fastest the smartest you definitely do not want to be the most emotional one but that's the perspective we need to change as in it's not weak it's courageous like it takes courage to speak up um and that's like a little mindset we just need to change around if you know if we start to realize it takes courage mm. all of a sudden you know we can feel better about speaking up like it's it's actually empowering to speak up instead of you know it makes you feel uh like a little boy um you touched on such a good point there the fact that it actually takes far more courage far more courage yeah. to own your fear and your doubt and your sadness and I mean even in my own experience with clients when I, I I've pretty much have this with every new client when they're about to cry they get so ashamed of crying and it doesn't matter man or woman and it's like no 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 these are really it's really important you know yeah. you see the courage then come up but yeah. can I ask you know in the army how was it for you to have personal relationships like with partners like in terms of your emotional ability to connect like how was that I think I was a little bit different as in I've always been an emotional person but then more to myself um in relationships I did feel like I needed to be the man even though I was younger but I was a soldier you know I had this certain way of how I pictured people seeing me and that's how I started to uh, live my life as well um so in relationships as well, like I did feel like, no, I, I am the provider. I am the man. I, you know, I need to um, provide that safe space. And yeah, I think, I think it was, 
thinking back at it now, like I, I'm definitely more in balance. I still believe we need to have a, like an aspect of that. We need to create a bit of that safe space, but it needs to be more in balance. Like it not, we don't need to feel the pressure of always having to be that way. Mm. Um, where back there, I was more thinking that way. Now I need, I am, I am an army guy, so I am tough. I don't have emotions that way. And right. you come with me because I am safe. Okay, um, so your your idea of what you basically offered in the relationship was your masculinity in terms yeah. of safety that you believe that provided. Yeah. So your ability to talk to your partner about your feelings or their feelings in a really open and trusting way, was that, how was that? Uh, limited. Right. I, we, we had conversations but they're mostly heated as in um it, no i would i would just i had this weird sense of um because i was in that role i deserved that kind of respect as well and not like in a, that i was like a you know in, in a really bad way that i was uh, always angry or whatever but whenever we got into those kind of conversations like yeah yeah but you are you know here with me and in my house and whatever like it's a really weird mindset oh. um yeah, I think I was I was too young as well. I was too young to fully realize as well what I was doing, what I was thinking, what I was saying. Yeah. Um, you know, I always felt like I was just a good guy and I did the right thing for everyone. And uh, that's how it needed to be. But I know now I was not even close. But that's like a learning process as well. Like those were like my early 20s, half 20s still. Like I was 28 when I left the army. Mm. Um, you know, I, I had no clue. I was just doing whatever came up. So your contribution essentially was what you provided. And then when your emotions were questioned by your partner, it was you were indignant about it because you yeah. felt these are all the things I'm doing for you. Now yeah. that should be enough. Exactly. You should, you should just like and love me. Yeah. It's pretty, easy. pretty much. Right. And if, okay. Yeah. 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 And if that didn't happen, that just triggered this. Well, now I know like insecurity straight away of what I'm giving you is not enough. Right. Um, so I always felt like, oh, so you want me to give more and more and more, which like it was not nothing about that, but it's like that's a trigger that came up. It was just not enough. Right. I know that now it was just an insecurity, as in I was not secure in myself because I was never feeling, you know, I was able to give enough in that sense. Um yeah. Because I guess you would then question, well, what can what more can I give, right? Because yeah. You, and do you think there was, that was because you maybe didn't value that your emotional side had value for your partner? Yeah, maybe. I've actually never really thought about it. Uh, like about that time, me in a relationship, I think I was just, you know, a loose cannon pretty much as well as in, I was just doing whatever. Like if I wanted to travel, I went traveling and um, never fully invested as well, I think in that sense. Mm. Um, but I never really fully thought about like my own emotional side of things back then because I would like I said because I was just pretty much doing whatever I wanted and if it didn't if it didn't flow with whoever was with me then okay see you later see you later yeah <laughs> but then still be very emotionally attached to it as in like yes see you later but then like no 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 you need to you need to hang on to me like like why why are you actually uh not clinging on to me like if they oh, say okay yeah. sweet a desire for them to want to cling on. Yeah, as in, I, I firmly know now I was always seeking that um, validation for sure. 
from them just like wanting to be with you that was yeah. the validation right yeah. Yeah, whether yeah, or not yeah. you returned it was irrelevant it was just yeah. them wanting to be with you that gave yeah. you a sense of value yeah 100 percent. like that's definitely something I've, I've learned now over the last past years of of my own behavior and, and how i was just seeking uh validation from them that i was you know that man that i thought i was mm. um, so that definitely made it like not easy made it pretty hard to be in these relationships as well because it was just it's not right i was not in the right mindset but then again like i said i was young it's a learning process uh, you only learn by you know going through these experiences making mistakes um and then at some point waking up to it and realizing what the lessons are in there and that's just something i've been doing recently <laughs> like the last yeah. few years and so because obviously i met you once you're in sydney yeah. and you we actually met because you wanted um I just want to make it clear to listeners that I have got Anton's approval prior to this chat to talk about these things I'm not <laughs> yeah. just outing you here um that you know when we met we we were talking about your relationships that's actually yeah. what you first wanted support with and looking back given what we've just talked about which is you know obviously your experience in the army and you know and that was pretty much I mean I remember you hearing you say that has just triggered a memory in me where you basically would sit there and say you know everything used to be fine like I used to yeah. be fine and now you know I'm really cut up about this lady that I've been with and and I don't understand why this is hurting me so much because I used to just recover like and it's can you tell me a bit about, you know, what, what shifted? What made the difference? Why all of a sudden were you not able to just, you know, move on as, as you were when you were younger? I think like that particular breakup made me realize where I was standing in life. And that picture I created of myself was definitely not there. So um, she was actually talking truth. And I was, I had been lying to myself this whole time thinking, no, I'm, I'm in a super well space and I'm, I'm perfectly fine where I wasn't. When that breakup happened, Murphy's law happened. So everything that I had built up over those years kind of came on my plate at once um, where I thought, and it was mostly the breakup. The breakup was definitely, you know, the start of this whole process. Like that breakup hurt me so much but mostly because I was clinging on to the idea of that relationship so much. Um, you know, I felt so madly in love because, I don't know, actually. I mean, like, of course, because I really liked her, but I think now looking back on it as well, there were so many things that I just didn't look at. Mm. And that was like a good distraction maybe as well. I don't know. Like, I'm not particularly, like, I'm not fully, fully aware yet of, of well, can you know, we get into that a little bit? Because you've really touched on some really powerful points there. And um, it might be helpful for listeners who might be in a similar situation right now to just kind of touch on that. Because, you know, when we, you were with this lady who I remember you were so enamored with. And it was largely because she, um, she was a very independent woman and quite powerful in her own right. Yeah. And, you know, she was quite established and doing her own thing. And from what I gathered, didn't need you to be that masculine provider. Yeah. Which to you, obviously, given what you've just shared, was probably very confronting. Yeah. But, and it also made you look to yourself, which is, well, what, am, what else am I? Yeah. And it's really interesting because, you know, relationships are always the thing that bring up our stuff. You know, yeah. they're the really powerful um, growth experiences. 
And it's often that we will move into relationships because we'll see things in somebody that we're like, wow, you're amazing. And we might think that parts of us don't have those qualities. So hanging out with them, it's like it will kind of rub off on us. Yeah. And, you know, it's only when we, what we actually do then is we enter, enter into a transaction rather than a relationship. Yeah. And she obviously felt the same thing about you. Like you have qualities that she was really drawn to. And what happens is, and this happens so much with so many relationships, you have these two people that come together and their needs are not met because obviously she can't give you the qualities that you want. These are qualities that we can only build in ourselves. Yeah. And, and yeah, interestingly, with this relationship breaking up, it actually helped you then find the qualities that you so admired in her. Yeah. In yourself. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Like I, it, it, things became clear as daylight, things I needed to work on myself. And like I said, uh, Murphy's Law. So I've been, you know, hiding things for so long already. Like one of the biggest things was as well, as in I had no identity anymore. Like I was a soldier for 10 years of my life. Of course, yeah. And, you know, coming to Australia, like, of course I was traveling at first. That was like a good distraction. I was a traveler. Uh, but then all of a sudden, who am I? I'm not like everyone knew me as a soldier. I knew me as a soldier and I had this very goal and purpose driven life. And all of a sudden I was just floating around in Australia, not being anyone. Um, so I, without fully realizing, I fell into this deep hole of not having a personality anymore, not having like an identity anymore. Um, that was one really big aspect because she really, or that moment really made me question, who am I? What, like, where am I going? What am I doing? Um, because she, she had that a out. clear idea of herself, didn't she? Yeah. She was very strong in her identity and what she yeah. was making. And she needed that from someone else as well I think where I thought I knew but I wasn't like I was going through this transition of not being anyone at that moment because I had no direction I wasn't going anywhere mm. um so that was a, a pretty big um well downfall in that moment but definitely you know like the start of creating a new identity something that is definitely closer to why why I really am instead of you know being a soldier um financial pressure was added on to that so she was in that moment very financially stable and she needed that from another person where I all of a sudden realized when the breakup happened, I was by far, I was not even close to being financially stable. Now I was at the start of my thirties. I sold the house I had in the Netherlands, didn't care about any of it. I just wanted to get rid of it. That left me with this massive debt that I never looked at. It was like, oh, you know, like I'm traveling, it will come later. And all of a sudden, now nah, that's on your plate. You need to deal with this. Um, so all of a sudden I had this big financial pressure, um, but then being in Australia on a student visa, which has a lot of, um, you know, restrictions of what I can do as well, I was forced to, to do a job that I absolutely hated uh, in that moment, really feeling like I shouldn't be doing this with my life, but I need to because I have this big debt. So that started this awareness as well, like, yeah, but you know, what do I want to do then? Like if I would have the option, I wouldn't, I didn't even know what I would do. Um, and who are and you talking to other than me? Well, who in your friendship circle, just from a, you know, a mental health perspective, yeah. who were you able to share your journey? You know, these, cause you're, this is a really tough time, right? You're going through yes. a really tough time. So in your network, 
Yeah. Who was your person? Well, that was that was another aspect of my mental health breakdown because because of going through all that and because of you know I was just walking around with this black cloud above me. I was becoming this negative energy. I was losing my friends because of it. Like in the beginning, I was able to talk, but then at some point they were like in a completely different headspace. Like, yeah, we don't, they just didn't want to hang around with me. I didn't want to be that person around them. So I took my distance, but then there's always been this one person that, you know, Danique, I know her from home. Like we already know each other for 16 years and she's always been, you know, super supportive, even though I was driving her completely nuts back then as well. She was always there and she guided me towards you as well. Mm. Um, so I always had that person to kind of vent with. But even with her at some point, I felt I was too much. So I really started to turn more into myself and just be by myself to, to a point where, you know, I was living life by myself. Like, of course, I would still check in um, and bump into people on the street. But I always felt like, no, I'm this negative energy. I shouldn't be hanging around these people too, too long because I don't, want, you know, I don't want them to think I'm just this sad guy. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. You actually ended up distancing yourself because yeah. you were aware of the fact that the energy that you were bringing was putting people off you. And yet actually what you yeah. really needed was help. And, yeah. But to be honest, like even thinking about it, like the person that you actually therefore sought help from was yourself essentially because yeah. that's it kind of pushed you to look inward because correct me if I'm wrong but wasn't this when you started walking up and down yeah so pretty much what happened I couldn't be at work anymore because I just get these anxiety attacks um, panic attacks I started crying at job sites just walking away from job sites mm. so that made me just stay at home, not work anymore. Mm. But then that led to me not being able to afford a room anymore. So I had to move to a six-bed dorm. So all of a sudden I was this, you know, 30 or 31 year old guy in a six-bed dorm sharing his room with 18 and 19 year olds. Mm. So didn't want to be there anymore. So I, st I just was running. Like I, I needed to be outside just to, you know, fresh air. And I started to pace up and down the beach from Queenslift to Shelley up and down, up and down for like seven, eight, nine hours a day. And I was doing that for so long um, with no reason. And then one particular moment, I just got to the point, like you can either, you know, walk around this beach for another 10 years, but it's not going to change anything about your situation. There's only, you know, one person um, that could change where you're in and that's yourself. Like you need to do something different right now than what you've been doing to have a different outcome. And that's when, um, you know, I was talking to Danique and that's when Danique said like, hey, maybe, um, yeah, you should meet Kai and, and have a chat with her and, and see how that goes. And that's how, you know, my journey out of it really slowly started. And it definitely went with a lot of back and forwards and ups and downs. Um, but yeah, that's, that's like, it was like literally a moment where I just stopped walking and just told myself like mate like what what are you doing like this is not going anywhere like walking up and down a beach is not going to help you like it feels good yes because you're out of the house you're not at a job site but mentally as in no you need to change your circumstance you need to change your situation your way of thinking that's how i ended up with you yeah 
amazing it was you know it it's so fascinating what you've described because you know having that time like barefoot walking on the beach you're grounding yourself like from a pure yeah. energetic perspective it's like one of the healthiest choices that you could have made and then doing all of that walking that's like really meditative <laughs> it's yeah. very meditative and yeah. I'm guessing it actually helped you work through a lot of your internal noise as well, because to get that clear download, which is exactly what happened, you were able to like really tune in with your intuition. Your intuition just came through really strongly. Yeah. And the only time we can really hear our intuition that clearly is when the noise has died down a bit. Yeah. And doing all of that walking and self-care unbeknownst to you you know actually took you to this place where you were ready to receive help actually yeah um and I always say this thing like people only come to me when they're ready to really shift because that's the work that I do so I know that that's the people I'm going to attract like we're always attracting the people that can help us yeah. and um yeah it's really a powerful story because you know what's happened there is your entire life has just gone into this like apex where change has been forced on, upon you and yeah. it's actually transformed into this really amazing experience that you're now enjoying yeah you become this barefoot dutchman and it's because <laughs> It's because of every little experience, every single challenge you face. And I think it's really important for people to understand that because it's so often that we end up, we all have these periods in life, these cycles where, you know, the dark side of life shows up for us. And I think we are so conditioned to be scared and fearful of these challenging times. And the more we can recognize that often the challenging times come right before the brightest dawn and it's yep. because it's forcing us to change in actual fact and yep. um, yeah I think it's it's an incredible incredible story and so can I ask now then <laughs> in terms of in terms of the journey actually what were your observations about how you changed within yourself um I think the biggest thing that came out of this this last journey, the walk from from Cairns to Manly, is um, seeing that everything works out exactly as it needs to be, as cliche as it may sound. But all of a sudden, I started doing things that I felt like was me that I needed to do for myself and for others. Um, really listening to um, speaking up. Let me put it that way. I've been quieting myself down for so long, like having these emotions, having these thoughts, but then just keeping them to myself. And I started to speak up, speak out, share the stories. Something I always felt like I, I am capable of doing. And all of a sudden, things started to happen. You know, everything started to flow. So once you, you know, everyone kind of has, I think, this feeling inside of like, if you know if i could do anything this is what i would do mm. but we kind of limit ourselves to thinking now like that is you know too far out of the comfort zone or i'm scared to do it. like fear is a big factor but once you start listening to it it just happens and that's exactly everything that's happening right now it just happens because i started doing things i believed in that were me and that i was supposed to be doing and I stepped out of the comfort zone and into my fears of, mm. you know, putting myself out there, going public, going on social media, mm. 
creating this platform to share these stories. But as soon as I started doing that, wow, like things just go. And I see a lot of people struggle with that, like feeling like, oh, you know, I want to do this. I want to do this. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of stuck to this life. You're not stuck to anything. You can do whatever you set your mind on. Like you're free to go wherever you want. And it's not easy. It's never easy. But if it would be easy, everyone would be doing it. But it's about taking that first step of just stepping out of your comfort zone when you always suddenly realize, wow, there's this whole world of opportunity just next to that comfortable little bubble that I'm staying in right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've been doing, I, I did that for way too long. Like, of course, I stepped out of my comfort zone already by leaving the Netherlands. You know, I fully believe like I need to leave and I need to travel and I need to see more and do more. But then again, it's so easy to, to find yourself back into that same routine. And we just need to have that faith in ourselves that we can do whatever we set our mind on mm. and just do it, take that first step. Um, and that's definitely something I learned out of this journey myself among like a lot of other things that I learned for my own mental health by putting it into practice, just not even forcing anything, but by just doing it, by just doing the walk, by going through these mindsets I saw that I was putting things into practice that I learned, you know, along the journey. Um, and were there moments in the journey where you doubted yourself? No. So it was not, just not for, you got there, once you started the journey, you were like, right, I'm done. Yeah. As you know, this is by far the most challenging thing I've ever done in my life. Um, every single day was a surprise. The roads were so incredibly hard to walk on barefoot. Um, it's like bluestone gravel roads for the first almost 2000 Ks. My feet were hurting so much, but then, you know, waking up in your tent next to the highway, being sleep deprived, hungry, you still get up because not a single doubt in my mind or like not a single cell in my body was thinking about not doing it because I wasn't doing it for myself as well. Like I had this purpose and I had this drive behind why I was doing it. Yeah. I wasn't getting up for myself. I was getting up for myself because there's only one way of, you know, getting to the end of your goal. And that's just by getting up and taking steps and getting there. And mm. it didn't matter. Um, you know, in the beginning, I was overwhelmed by the magnitude of the walk the project. And I was really focused on, I need to do at least 20 to 25 Ks on a day. And like, if I didn't make it, I, I, you know, I would kind of put pressure on myself and I would talk down on myself like, man, like you didn't, you didn't do your day. But then I kind of figured at some point, um, it doesn't matter like how much you do on a day, everything, like everything you do on a day leads to being closer to your end goal or feeling better or finishing that project. Mm-hmm. It's all part of that bigger picture. And once I started to accept that, life just got so much easier as well. Um, and that's another reason why I never doubted myself because I knew, you know, I'm taking the steps, like I'm, I'm getting there, like no matter how long it's going to take, but I will get there. That's it. You know, and I think I'm really, really grateful that you shared that because I think that's the biggest challenge for so many people is that when they strike out to do something new, um, they're often, you know, put to one side by the smallest thing not working out. And it's just, I think, really having the mindset of I'm just going to keep showing up. I'm just going to keep doing this thing. I'm just going to keep going and letting go of the outcome because your driver wasn't you know, oh, I'm going to have this whole new life when I get to the end of this. Your driver was, I just feel really passionate about what I'm doing. And 
It just drives every single cell in your body, you said. Not one part of you didn't want to do this. That yeah. is a man in alignment with himself. Like, <laughs> yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. The perfect description. And so, yeah, I think it's really important to recognize that the only thing that actually screws us up is if we let our minds change. You yeah. decided that this was what you were doing and you were completely devoted actually to it. It came from a real place of inspired action. Yeah. And I think that's a really big part too. I think a lot of people are like, yes, I should do this, but it's not coming from a heart place. It's coming from a, I need something place. It's like a yeah. motivation place. So um, yeah, powerful. So powerful. Thank you so much. I think, I think like one important aspect to add on that is as well, like do not take it for granted as in, you know, we, we, we take our days for granted pretty easily, like getting out of our bed and just going through a day. And, and by the end of the day, you just go to sleep and like, oh, yeah, another day done. Mm -hmm. But actually give yourself credit for coming out of bed to face your day. Mm -hmm. And no matter what you've done on a day, give yourself a little pat on the shoulder for actually, you know, going through another day. Because sometimes, you know, when things get tough, one of the hardest things to do is actually get out of bed and face the day. And we never really give ourselves credit for it because we just think it's normal, but it's actually not. It takes a lot of effort and it's perfectly fine to give yourself a little tap on the shoulder for, you know, getting through another day. And if, if it hasn't been fully what you, you know, put yourself on for, it doesn't matter because, you know, that's only what you put in yourself. The end thing that matters is you've gone like one day closer again to, you know, coming out of it or, or finishing that task you set yourself on. And I think it really helps as well to set yourself small achievable goals. So do not force too much into one day or want to do too much or too big things in one day. Just be perfectly fine with setting small achievable goals because once you finish that goal, you get that sense of achievement out of it. So instead of me saying like, I need to do 25 a day. So like, now if I do 10, it's already 10 more than anyone else has done today. You know what I mean? Like, and then you kind of feel, still feel good. You, you feel like, like an accomplishment, like, oh, I've done 10, 10 Ks today instead of, man, I should have done 25. No, it doesn't work that way. You know, some days you have the energy to do it, yeah. perfectly fine. Some days you do not, perfectly fine. If you have a rubbish day, have a rubbish day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, give it your effort, but do not force fake um how do you say it, that you you need to accomplish something that you don't like if you have a rubbish day have a rubbish day yeah i could not agree more it's thank you they're really powerful tools because yeah i i actually think it helps you build your trust with yourself when you have yeah. small goals like that it really just helps you go oh yeah i can and i do do these things yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's really helpful to have that sort of mindset as opposed to I'm going to do 50 whatever's in like an incredibly short time frame. And <laughs> it's really because all you do is sabotage yourself, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's really powerful. Thank you. Are there any other takeaways that you would like our listeners to take away? After? <laughs> <laughs> um, any other tools or tips that you would recommend? Well, not so much tools and tips, but one thing that really became clear with, um, you know, this walk as well. I met more than a thousand people on this walk, wow. not just on this walk, but, you know, outside of the walk as well, like the amount of people you meet. I think it's very important to know that every single person you meet has a background story going. So one, you're not alone in your own struggles. Um, and two, you know, whoever you're going to meet has got a background story going on. So be kind. And one thing that 
really, you know, showed its effects. I was, you know, even though I was tired and it's, it's, I was hungry and sometimes it's hard to, you know, to be that way, but it takes very little effort just to be kind or just ask like, how are you doing? Even now to this day, I get texts from people that I didn't know we're going through something on that day, but just me having like a little few minute chat to them, changed their day, changed their week, changed their perception, changed their mindset. Um, it takes very little effort to be kind. And as hard as it is sometimes, just know that whenever you bump into someone that might be you know, a little bit grumpy or annoyed or uh, says something that you know pisses you off a little bit, just know that person is going through his own struggles, their own mental health um, problems at that point. Don't take it personally and just you know, try to react with ease and kindness. I think that's a really wonderful point. Thank you so much for reminding us of that. Um, can I just finish off with asking you, in terms of your ability to be intimate now and show up with your emotions, how what changes have you observed in yourself? I'm fully open to everything I feel. Um, and I share everything I feel as well. And maybe that's a bit too much for some people. Um, but whoever is ready to receive, I share everything. I, I'm not scared anymore or not scared. I just changed my own perspective as in, you know, I know it's courage now to speak up and to share my feelings and emotions. And it's only beneficial if other people know what you're thinking or what you're feeling. And it creates a safe space, like I said before, for them to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So if, if I share what I think and what I feel, they get, you know, the feeling they can do the same thing. And it just makes communication so much easier. Mm -hmm. Um, to not feel those boundaries of, of having to keep things for yourself. Like mm. it got me into so many better situations in my relationships as well. And mm. not say, still not saying relationships are easy. Um, you know, there's still like so many things to learn, but um, communicating, communicating is, has definitely become so much easier because I'm just comfortable with um, sharing. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much. So many gems in that interview. I'm really, really <laughs> grateful for you joining me and sharing your, you know, your experiences and your passions. And I wish you so much luck in the future. If people want to follow your future, because I have no doubt there'll be more <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. future adventures. Yeah. Huh. Um, where would they find you? Uh, they can go on Instagram or Facebook to The Barefoot Dutchman uh -huh. uh, or on the website, thebarefootdutchman.com. Perfect. And if there's, uh, you know, I reckon there's, there's going to be quite a few listeners on the Northern Beaches as well. If you see me walk, I still walk up and down, yeah. you know, Queenslift to Shelley and back. That's if how you I feel saw like, you recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I still love doing that, like different, different mindset now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm always open to have a chat as well. If you see me, you want to have a chat, you want to just whatever, uh, feel free. Perfect. I'm always open to, uh, to have a talk. Amazing. Thank you so much for your inspiring energy. It's, it's really wonderful to sit and talk with you, Anton. Um, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure and wishing you all the best for your future adventures. Thank and you. yeah, thanking you for all the wonderful work that you're doing and all the beautiful people that you're no doubt supporting. So thank Likewise. you so much for, <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been a real joy. Awesome.
So uh, I'm going to say goodbye to all the listeners. If you would like to listen to other podcasts, just go to www.kwilson.love and you will find my podcasts all there for you. Um, otherwise, you can follow me on Instagram at, at kwilsonlove. And in the meantime, I want to wish you well, Anton, and I will see all and speak to your listeners soon. Take care, everybody. Lots of love. Bye.